Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What is up guys? In this video, I'm going to go through my running back rankings for week 15 of the NFL season. So I'm going to be going through my top 30 RBs this week. While you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content or you find it helpful, do me a huge favor and hit that like button. And if you're not subscribed, subscribe to the channel. But let's just start it off at the top. The number one running back for this week is going to be Dalvin Cook. The man is back, and he has a solid matchup against a subpar Bears defense. At number two, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. You know it's tough to not have him here up at number one, but he does have a little bit of a tougher matchup going up against the Patriots, so that's why he doesn't have that number one spot. Then at number three, I have Alvin Kamara. Even though he's going up against a tough Bucks run defense, this offense is just going to run through him now that he is back, and we know he can get involved in the receiving game. So when you have those running backs who can get work you know, out of the backfield as receivers, it makes me feel a lot better about their fantasy value when they do have some of those tougher matchups on the ground. Then at number four, I have Najee Harris. Could have gone with a few other guys here. I just like starting a high-end running back one who I know is going to have a guaranteed high amount of touches, and Najee Harris is 100% that guy. At number five, I went with Austin Eckler, and if he was fully healthy, he'd probably be the RB3, you know, in that Cook-Taylor tier, but right now he is questionable with an ankle injury, and this number five ranking is just kind of keeping into account that there's a chance, you know, not saying this is likely or it's going to happen, but there's a chance he's active, you trust him in your lineup, and then he's out there on like 40% of the snaps, and you're just not getting a return on your value. So just kind of hedging my bets there with that number five ranking. At number six, I have Nick Chubb. And I feel like this is where we're kind of getting into another tier. Could have gone with a few other players here. There are some clear pros and cons for Nick Chubb. You know, the positives are that there's no Kareem Hunt. So he is going to have a monopoly over this backfield. And Baker's not there. Kind of a pro and a con. They're going to have to run their offense through their running backs, which is obviously going to support Nick Chubb. But there's also a chance, you know, on the negative side that with all the COVID, you know, issues they're having, that the team overall is just horrible and they can't get anything done on offense. So it really could swing either way. I could see somewhat of a subpar game from Nick Chubb, or I could see him just absolutely carrying that Browns offense and having like 200 scrimmage yards. So a solid mid-tier RB1. And number seven, I have James Conner, who is currently day-to-day with an ankle injury. A lot of people expected Chase Edmonds to return on Monday night, myself included. He did not. You know, is he going to come back this week? If they do announce that they're activating him off of the IR or, you know, adding him to the active roster, then I do think James Conner would drop a few spots. But even with Chase Edmonds coming back, I mean, James Conner has been fantastic for that offense. And you look at the role James Conner had when Chase Edmonds was there, he was basically getting, you know, the majority of the carries and all the goal line work. And that's going to be a very solid role that he keeps. But I mean, we have seen in Chase Edmonds' absence, James Conner is a fantastic pass catcher out of the backfield. So I don't even know if Chase Edmonds is going to come in and, you know, gain the same role he had early in the season. I still think James Conner is going to be a fantastic play moving forward. At number eight, I have Leonard Fournette. He's just a few spots lower than he would be on a normal week because they're going up against the Saints run defense really just two top tier defenses that stop in the run Saints facing off against the Bucks and honestly there's a little bit of a positive here for Leonard Fournette 
because we actually saw earlier in the season, the Bucks were down early to the Saints. Leonard Fournette had one of his worst games, and it's because they did opt to go to Giovanni Bernard, you know, a few times on their later drives because he's more of that clear kind of passing down back. Giovanni Bernard now on IR. So Leonard Fournette is going to have that role as well, which really just gives him a ton of value no matter how the game plays out. But because I think, you know, it's going to be a little bit tougher to get those yards on the ground, he does come in here at number eight. Number nine, I have Joe Mixon, just a really solid locked in RB1 for the Bengals. And number 10, I have Cordero Patterson. You know, at certain games, it's always going to be frustrating. He doesn't get more touches because we've seen, you know, how well he's played so far this season. But we know that Mike Davis is a better pass protector. That's why, you know, Cordero Patterson's not going to be seeing 65 plus percent of the snaps. But when he is in, they are getting him involved. He can get it done on the ground and in the air. And is a really solid back-end RB1. At number 11, I have Elijah Mitchell. And we're not really sure if he is going to be good to go this week. He was working on the side field on Wednesday. He is still dealing with a concussion and knee irritation. So two different kind of issues going on there. If he does play, I think he's a solid back-end RB1. It's not ideal that Debo Samuel is kind of working in as a running back also, but still, I mean, this is a very efficient rushing attack, and I think he is still a nice play. Then I think we're kind of getting into, you know, another tier here. David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, two just really solid, you know, fringe RB1 options. At 14, I went with Aaron Jones, and this one's weird because, you know, it seemed like all season long, Aaron Jones was the clear number one. A.J. Dillon was the number two. They were both going to be involved, but we always knew that Aaron Jones was the guy. I don't know if we know that anymore. You know, he was clearly outcarried by A.J. Dillon in their win against the Chicago Bears. So kind of an interesting situation. I still think Aaron Jones is going to get the valuable touches, and by that I mean the receiving work and the goal line touches, but it's definitely not ideal that A.J. Dillon is eating into those overall touches. So Jones comes in at 14. At 15, I have Antonio Gibson, just a solid high-end RB2. At 16, I have Saquon Barkley. Doesn't have, you know, quite the ceiling we thought he was going to have coming into the season. A lot of it has to do with that poor offense. So he's kind of doing what he can right now. 17, CEH. This is really where he's been slotting in all season. Then at number 18, I'm going to have Miles Gaskin here operating as the clear RB1 for the Dolphins. This is a fantastic matchup for him against the Jets. You know, odds are in favor of them going up early, and Miles Gaskin is just going to be able to carry them to a victory later in the game. And this is honestly perfect timing because I have James Robinson ranked here, and I just got a notification saying that the Jaguars have fired Urban Meyer. A lot of the issues with James Robinson came from just the total incompetence from that coaching staff. So this is fantastic news. I still think, you know, a number 19 ranking is appropriate, you know, given this is late in the week. And I just want to see what he can do, you know, with whoever takes over as the head coach. But we know Robinson is talented. The problem is just, can he get on the field? And are they going to be, you know, in enough games for him to actually get meaningful touches? Because if they go down early, we saw at least with Urban Meyer at head coach, they would almost just phase him out of the offense entirely. The reason why I feel, you know, confident enough to plug him in as a mid-tier RB2 is because they are going up against the Texans. I would really doubt that this game gets out of hand early, you know, meaning that the Texans take an early big lead on the Jaguars. I just don't see it happening. It's obviously possible, 
but I think it's much more likely this is one of those kind of close, maybe even gross, grimy games that James Robinson can kind of thrive in. At number 20, I have Ezekiel Elliott. And for Zeke, the workload is just not there. I think a lot of people thought it was kind of a Tony Pollard thing. You know, they know Pollard's talented. They're going to be getting him like 50% of the touches, maybe a little bit less. Even with Tony Pollard missing last Sunday, we saw the RB3. I can't even think of his name right now, but he was getting, you know, close to the same number of opportunities, especially on the ground. So it kind of looks like this is just going to be the workload we're looking at for Zeke, which is just not going to support him as an RB1 or even a high-end RB2 play. Here at 21 and 22, I have the two Broncos running backs, Javonta Williams and Melvin Gordon back-to-back. Early in the season, I didn't really like playing these guys in my lineups. I actually don't think I have any of them rostered, but just advising people. I didn't like the fact that they were in a full-on committee, but at this point in the season, I just have to accept that they both continue to produce on a week-to-week basis. Now at number 23, I have Daryl Henderson, and this Rams backfield has really kind of turned into a mystery here. So we saw Daryl Henderson in week 13, I believe. He was active but he was kind of an emergency guy. They really weren't playing him. Sony Michelle took the workhorse role, played very well. Then we saw in week 14, Daryl Henderson went on the COVID list. So he was unable to play in their Monday night football game. Once again, Sony Michelle takes over that workhorse role. So far, you know, whoever has been the RB1 gets a huge workload. So the question here is, is Daryl Henderson going to be off the COVID list? I would guess yes. Seems to you know be an appropriate timetable for him to return on Sunday. But then the question is, what does this backfield look like? Is the full, you know, 100% workhorse role going to go back to Daryl Henderson? Is it going to be more of a split? We don't really know. So that's why he's coming in here at 23. This is definitely a ranking that could adjust higher or lower, you know, as we get farther into the week, depending on, you know, how the COVID list works out, injuries, what Sean McVay says, all of that stuff is still in play. So almost a placeholder ranking here at number 23, a back-end RB2. Following him, I have Devonta Freeman, just a really solid like back-end RB2 play, high-end RB3. At 25, I have Deonta Foreman. Looks like the running back one for the Titans, just not a ton of safety here. Like I truly believe he could go out, have a big day against the Steelers, but it's also a possibility. You're looking at the stat line after the game and you've got McNichols, Hilliard, and Foreman all in that like six to nine touch range, and none of them really produce for fantasy. So he's a little bit risky, but he does have that upside that a lot of the other players, you know, below him do not carry. At 26, I have AJ Dillon. Talked about him a little bit earlier with Aaron Jones. Seems to be taking more carries, which makes me trust him a lot more as a week-to-week start. 27, it's Michael Carter. He is expected to return from IR this week and be active, ready to play. Remember, he was really breaking out prior to that injury, starting to operate as the clear-cut number one. Those other running backs were still getting touches, but Carter was definitely, you know, acting as the number one guy. So hopefully he can regain that spot. But until I see it, he's going to be a high-end RB3. Then we're kind of getting into this range of similar running backs in sort of committees on not great offenses. 28, we have Miles Sanders. We know there's going to be a second guy involved but it does look like they trust Sanders to be the RB1. At 29, I have Chuba Hubbard taking over as the RB1 for Christian McCaffrey. The problem there is that that offense is just a mess at the quarterback position, which is obviously going to limit the efficiency of the run game, and then also just getting into the end zone in those touchdown opportunities. 
And then to wrap up this list, at number 30, I went with Rashad Penny. This is just a weird situation here because Rashad Penny is a guy who a lot of people thought have had some fantasy juice, you know, some solid potential the last few seasons. The problem is the man can just not stay on the field. He had an opportunity to start a game earlier in the season, and I'm pretty sure he blew out some body part on like the second play of the game. So the man really is made of glass, but when he did have the opportunity, played the full game, was healthy. I mean, he had a huge performance. My worry here is that it's going to be a committee. There's always that injury risk, and they have a tough matchup against the Rams. You know, you're not going to be able to run right through the Rams defense on a consistent basis. Plus, there's a possibility the Rams take an early lead, and the Seahawks are kind of having to fade away from the run game. So a lot of uncertainty. He does have some high upside, but I don't think he has a very safe floor. So he's going to, you know, finish in here as like a mid-tier running back three. And that is going to wrap it up for my week 15 running back rankings. If you guys enjoyed this video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and then I'm going to be posting my wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end week 15 rankings today. So go check those out as well. But thank you for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.